then I woke up the next morning, the notifications on Shopify were like this, you know, yeah. scrolling. Before I had 200 orders in a month, I had over 400 orders in one single day. You're gonna get more website traffic from TikTok and in the long run make more sales from TikTok. Doing that is more worth it than doing Instagram. Introducing yourself when you have two businesses. At the beginning you think, people must think I'm a lunatic, jack of all trades, master of none. When actually I'm like, no, no, I'm a master of all trades. How can I make you believe that? Welcome back to the podcast. You're listening to episode number 189 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham. This week, joined again by Lucy Hitchcock, who I'm just going to give you your rough title, is yes. the founder of Sassy Digital and Partner in Wine. Thanks for having me again. Great to have you back again. I love a, I love a double podcast, double podcast guest. Yeah, she's a return. I'm, I always return on people's podcasts. I don't know why. I think that must be a good sign. Yeah. I'm growing. Yeah. Well, I guess that's, yeah, that's what it says, isn't it? Is that you've, you've got something new to bring. I also feel like post pandemic, I do have something very new to bring. You absolutely yeah. do. Which so, we talk a lot about today. Yeah. And I think that is pretty much how we met was through being on each other's podcasts. It's my favourite networking tool. I know we talked before hitting record about how much we both I know. slightly despise networking. Honestly, start a podcast, people. Best networking you'll ever do. It is, because, well, I mean, it's just one-on-one, isn't it? And you kind of sit down and just have a conversation. Yeah. I actually really miss recording my podcast in person. I think the last series that I did was on Zoom, and I was like, nah, not for me. I need no. to do it in person. It, it's nice to be back, and it just makes such a difference, I think, to the episode as well. Like, I don't know if the yeah. listeners can tell, but I definitely feel, I feel just, sounds really lame, but you feel so much more connected to the conversation. Oh, 100%. And I know I said I don't like networking, but I do like, I'm very like a sociable person. Like pre-pandemic, I was literally out like every single night a week meeting a different person just because that's like what I like to do. Mm. Um, and Zoom just isn't quite the same. Not quite the same, no. is it? You just can't get the vibes. No, can't you can't. Get it. And I, it's pretty cool. I mean, we were talking before Hint Record as well about how, like, can I pick your brain? Can I take you for a coffee thing? Which yeah. we'll all have mixed feelings around. Um, but a podcast is basically an excuse to do that. Yeah. Like, when else can you invite people who, like, don't really know you, that are probably further along than you, that probably wouldn't give you much of the time of day ordinarily, and be like, oh, can I sit and have a really in-depth conversation with you for an hour and a half? Great. I'd give you the time of day. Well, yeah, I mean, I left my... <laughs> I, I was like, wow, you're really like right. blowing smoke up my ass there. <laughs> no offence, I'm more meant maybe some of the other guests. But I'm sure I felt that way about you when I first had you on. I feel like now it's maybe more of a mutual thing. But yeah, I, I agree, I agree. Queen Lucy in the building, maybe. I should have brought you some bottled water. You should have given me a rider in advance. When I asked for water earlier and the guy was like, it's only tap water. I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, it must have been his perception of you. Okay, I'll take it. She's a bottled gal. <laughs> I'm a partner in wine gal. Very true. From the tap. Hashtag sustainable. You've actually got your bottle with you today. I do. I've got an ice cream and I've got a bottle in my bag. She's repping. Yeah. The biggest always. brand ambassador should always oh, be. Oh, I am. Yourself. I take one out of the house every time I leave the house. Yeah. Has anyone ever stopped you and been like, oh my gosh, I've got one of those? And then you've gone, it's my company. Um, uh, yes, but in a very highly more embarrassing way. I actually get recognized in the street. <gasps> yeah. She's famous. At least like five times. And, um, a week? No. Uh, in total? In total, yeah. Right. God, can you imagine? So five times a week, that's quite overwhelming. I wouldn't leave my house. And the first time it happened, I was like, what? And my best friend was like, oh my God, this is the best thing that's ever happened. And um, it's still like one of those weird things. People are like, they'll always bring something up. Like I was at the pub the other day with a gin and tonic in my hand. And this girl just slides over to me and she goes, I think 
that should be a glass of wine. And I was like, what? And she was like, partner in wine. And I was like, oh. <laughs> she was so proud of herself. Yeah, she really was. I wonder how long she'd thought of that for. I know. Do you reckon well, she'd spotted you and been like, okay, I need a good opener. Right, guys, brainstorm it, workshop it. Well, I would love to I would love to have been there sober to be a fly on the wall, but unfortunately I was um you don't, Yeah, I was I was a few drinks down, let's put it like that. That's always my fear with meeting people when I'm not aware that I'm meeting people is that I will disappoint them or just be a completely different version of maybe what they would expect. I have a rule of thumb, which I've completely broken within the last two weeks, of not drinking more than one drink at networking things. Uh, because otherwise I just wake up the next morning and I'm like, I'm say. not a bad drunk. I just always think like, did I hug them a bit too hard? Did I laugh a bit too loud? What stories did I tell? Who bloody knows? I mean, I, mean, I say that. There's a picture on my Instagram grid of me in Israel last week with a bottle of wine with a straw in it yeah so I don't think I really I did see that I was like yeah good girl I needed a partner in one but they didn't have them in Israel I feel like it's on brand for me to you know be a couple of drinks down so this is true (laughs) (laughs) that is very true I need to think about that like it's only on brand for me to use stationery also if people see me what I was gonna say do you should like go out with your stationery like down the street yeah but it's not quite as cool (laughs) as being able to just drink wine at any point is it (laughs) Yeah, I know. You mentioning being recognised there just reminded me of the only time I've ever thought I was being recognised. I was in Azara and it was just before an event that I was speaking at. I think it was in Birmingham. And I was dressed in all black, as I do. And someone started walking straight up to me and I thought, this This is is the moment. moment. It was a few years ago. So, you know, the business was quite small and I was thinking, wow she's made it and I thought you know the event's nearby so there's probably people in the area that know who I am like this is my time turns out they just thought I worked at Zara because I was dressed in all black and she just wanted to know where the changing rooms were and honestly in that moment it was the biggest reality check I've ever had in my life (laughs) took me down to earth that is so good but have you been recognized since Yes, but not. it's not a valid recognition because it will be like it's near somewhere. to an event that I'm at yeah, or okay. in a, a business conference. Like, you know, it's never been like on the tube. Yeah. So I think that's that's a proper recognition, isn't it? Like in a pub, there's nothing there that yeah. tells you that people should know you. Yeah. So props to you, five recognitions. I know. Are you keeping a tally? Uh, no, I'd just say it's around that. I Every time I go out with my boyfriend, he's like, I hope you get recognized today. Like, I don't, because I know how much satisfaction that will bring you. He just loves he's it. He's literally like, yes. Does he feel like he's famous by proxy? No, he just wants to laugh at me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Respect that. Big time. He's like, it's not impressive, it's lame. You need those people around yeah, you. Yeah, 100%. You really do. Like, the people closest to me are not yes people. Yeah. They will tell me how it is. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's important. Like, all my friends do the same. My friends will laugh at me as well. I'm like, yeah. Do you know what? It's part and parcel. Yeah. It's what you need. I just know when I start posting on TikTok, I will get trolled by solely my close friends. Yeah. But, but it, look, you you're asking for that. it. You're asking for it. I asked for it by posting all these videos on TikTok. And you ju- you sometimes just, you've got to be the first person that laughs, haven't you? Yeah. Like, I am aware this is lame. Let's get over it. I tell you what, the first time it happened, I was actually like, oh my God, that's really cool. And then I was like, I'm actually a little bit embarrassed. And then the second time I was like, okay, no, this is actually quite embarrassing. Mm, For me, it's any time I'm taking a time-lapse of myself in a public space. That feels like a real low in terms of embarrassment. Oh no. I don't feel embarrassed. I just think I recognize this is very weird. And I mean, do you know what? To get the content, I always say to the girls, I'm like, I've got no shame. I have zero shame. And you've got to have no shame. Just get over it. 
Yeah. And you've got to think, I'm never going to see these people again. And what's the worst that will happen? A little thought will go through their head. Like, she's a bit weird. Cool. Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. And I always say to my friends, when they mock me, I'll be like, well, who paid for your drinks last night? Well, exactly. That video. So you can sit right down. Yeah, exactly. I always tell clients as well, video absolutely everything, right? Mm. And that's kind of what I do. And yeah, it might be a little bit weird. I might walk down the street and be talking to stories and someone walks past me. I'm like, once upon a time, I found that embarrassing. But equally, the videos that I make that go on TikTok, I know how many sales I've made from them. And therefore, in my head, it validates it because I'm like, yes, this is how much money doing that makes. So Mm -hmm. I think we'll continue with it. Yeah, you can see the purpose, right? Yeah. The end destination is worth a little bit of, embarrassment going exactly for context for people listening because this will come out in a good few weeks i've like fresh come off a big networking trip in israel so it was like in at the deep end with that whole like meeting new people all of the time and honestly one of the biggest things i've taken from it is that you have to practice introducing yourself i just think oh yeah it's just introducing myself like you know if i practice it it's not going to be natural if i have a script like that's going to sound weird But the more that I was trying to introduce myself and completely failing and honestly seeing the life behind people's eyes just slowly fading away whilst I was rambling and confusing them about what I actually did. And I heard all these other people introducing themselves so succinctly and so clearly. I was like, gosh, like it is a skill, but you've got to do it to get good at it. Yeah. So I'm sure that was a very formative experience in... It was. Maybe realizing what not to do to learn what to do. Agreed. And I think in terms of introducing yourself, it, it I mean, it is one of those things that takes practice, isn't it? And mm. I always, when I introduce myself, I always do this, like, I, I guess, I, I like to call it an elevator pitch, but it's not. I think this is because a lot of people actually feel, firstly, feel very nervous about talking about themselves. Yeah. And secondly, when you go to open your mouth to say, what do you do? You kind of panic and go, I don't want to sell myself because it doesn't feel natural to me. Mm-hmm. When actually you're not selling yourself, really you're just introducing yourself. Yeah. Um, and if you can do it in a confident way, you're kind of selling yourself anyway. So I like to follow a format of like, who, who are you? What do you do? What's your business? What, what do you do? And why, why do you do it? That's the way you kind of like, well, that's the way I apply it to both of my businesses. Depending on where I am, yes. I will introduce myself differently. <laughs> and that I found was again has been a real realization for me and this leads us in nicely into talking about you having two businesses because both of us are sat here with two different things that we do those two things being pretty different from each other very different off as in like not what you and I have as in both of our businesses yeah operate quite differently and I for a while was always trying to introduce like everything I did So, you know, I'm a business and marketing strategist and I host a podcast and I do retreats and I've got this other business. And I've really realized over time, like, cater your introduction depending on where you are. Like some rooms that I'm in, all I am is a podcast host or all I do is run on paper, stationary brand. And that was a real realization for me as well of like, okay, you don't have to say everything. Like be strategic. What's going to make most sense in the room that you're in? I try to have like an intro that kind of encapsulates everything that I do, but I will tell it as more of a story because that kind of like gets people involved, right? I'll I'll tell you in a second exactly what I say. Introducing yourself when you have two businesses. At the beginning, you think people must think I'm a lunatic, jack of all trades, master of none. Yes. When actually I'm like, no, no, I'm a master of all trades. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually How can I make you believe that? That was like kind of my main worry when I started Partner in Wine was, are people going to think, why are you doing something else? Are you not good enough? at that yes or do you not have enough work with that and it's like no no I'm doing this because I, I really want to do it mm. <laughs> that's the only reason and then you know it turns out actually I'm quite good at that and then people are like well oh what so why are you doing that still are you not good enough at this so it's kind of one of those like balancing acts when actually you know each of them are standalone businesses on their own yeah 
and I still can't let go of sassy because I have this like weird innate need to help people. So yeah, when I introduce myself, I will say, I'll be like, my name's Lucy, I'm the founder of Sassy Digital and Partner in Wine. And Sassy Digital is a no-nonsense marketing, branding and digital marketing agency in inverted commas for all businesses, but mainly kind of working in the e-commerce space. And then I'll proceed to go into, and actually I am the founder of Partner in Wine as well, which is what I like to describe as my best case study, everything that I would do with a mm. client to kind of get them to where they need to be. And then people go, oh, that's really interesting. Also, what makes Partner in Wine special? And then I'm like, well, actually, you know, we've got X amount of, followers and engaged community and we're stopped in Selfridges, Liberty London, Urban Outfitters, blah, blah, blah. And then people are like, oh, mm. wow, okay. So you do know what you're talking about. So it kind of like complements each other. Yes, but because one is proof of the other and I have it in a similar way where it's like, well, when you work in your services are helping businesses and you have another business that's like product-based, yeah. like you said, it's, it's the biggest test of whether what you do exactly. actually works. Last time we came on the podcast, you had one business. Yes. You founded Sassy Digital in 2015. You're now sat here with two businesses. You started Partner in Wine in 2020. You mentioned a little bit there, kind of those hesitations of, oh gosh, what are people going to think? And, and how's this going to look to start another business? Tell us, obviously I know the kind of backstory of Partner in Wine, like you saw a very specific need. You had a desire to bring a solution to that yeah. problem. But in terms of like actually deciding to start a second business, when you've got a first business that's already pretty demanding and thriving, yeah. what was that decision like? T to be honest with you, it wasn't really a decision that was like, oh, shall I, shan't I? It just kind of like happened. And then I got so far down the road, I was like, well, it's happening. Yes. Not, I, I can't stop that. it. It was like, oh, it's happening. Mm. Okay, great. And I'm now sat in my fr parents' front room packing orders. That's kind of, and I know that sounds really weird because I know a lot of the time with people's businesses and especially the people that I work with, fashion businesses, for example, you know, it takes years to think of the idea and then get your um, sampling together and tweaking and setting up your website if it's a new business setting up your branding mm. trademarks you know, there's so many elements that can kind of come into it but because I do it for other people it was very much like a, oh I don't it doesn't matter about the branding because literally I can get that done in an hour yeah you know with the website and everything like that it just kind of happened because I knew how to do it and so I don't think there was any reservations there because Firstly, like cost barrier for marketing, website, branding is a huge startup cost, right? Which I didn't have because mm. I just did it in-house. The thing that I found challenging was the sampling, the product. Yeah. Like it's not for me, logistics, but I just love wine. So Whatever the, it the takes. testing process was great because, <laughs> I can you know, imagine. Um, There's definitely some benefits, aren't there, to starting a second business when you kind of already know a lot of the stuff already. I found that like when people would say like, oh my gosh, like you started it in five weeks. I'm like, that is not valid normal. to expect of any, yeah. yeah, it's not because we have the, the skill set and the network. And I think also the kind of confidence, which mm. you can't learn, you just yeah. have to acquire it to kind of just trust yourself and go for it. And I really resonate with that, that like you just fall in love with the idea so much that it's less of a, oh, I'm going to sit down and decide to start a business and more like, okay, this kind of baby that I didn't really know I wanted is now here and I need to look after it. Okay, cool. How are we going to figure this out? Yeah, exactly. And I also, it's one of those weird things, isn't it? When people go, oh, how, how did you start a business? Why did you decide to start it? And anyone that started a business through like, I don't know, a passion of theirs. So if I'd have started a football business, I probably wouldn't feel very passionate about it because I don't understand football. It's not that I don't like it. I just don't understand it. Mm. I'm not interested in it. It's not for me. But I would find it very difficult to, if I'd found a niche somehow in, in football to go and start a business doing that because I can't test it out. I don't, I, I don't know anything about it. Whereas like with wine, 
I'm like, yeah, it's the summer. Like, let's get this, let's just pop the corks. Like, yeah. amazing, you know? So if you don't feel passionate about the, and I hate the word passionate because it's the type of thing people write on a cover letter. And actually I'm like, are you that passionate about it? But when you actually like, mm. you get it in your soul and you're like, this is great. Love this for me. This is going to be so cool. Let, let's see where it goes. When you're starting a business like that, that is the best possible way that you can start it because it's growing out of something that you're actually interested in. And you know, mm. you're not going to fall out of love with it because you are, that is one of your interests. Yeah. And not everyone, to be fair to them, can actually do that. You know, a lot of people start, um, I don't know, I use fashion brands as an example. A lot of people start fashion brands out of like uh, a gap that they've spotted or something that they mm. they kind of need. But then, you know, I've seen people who have like continued through the sampling process and really like broken through those barriers despite, you know, lots of kind of hardships they faced. But then other people have gone, hmm, do you know what? I'm not really that bothered about it anymore. I think it's hard when you sit down and go, okay, I want to start a business. You can't just decide. Like the idea has to decide for you. Yes, completely. And if you sit for hours and try and come up with the right idea, chances are it's not going to be the right idea because you're not going to feel passionate about it. It's yeah. not going to feel aligned. Like every business has that seed, doesn't it? Of, of some idea or some moment that sparks everything. Yeah. What were the early days of partner and wine like you know in terms of suddenly now having two businesses to run what yeah. did that look like okay so just for perspective here at the time I had Becky working for me who now works for me full-time she was working for me on her placement year during the pandemic was like oh no how's this going to play out so she was then working for me a bit less so kind of like part-time maybe three days a week instead mm. of five days a week um which actually was kind of unwarranted because everyone went to go online during the pandemic so yeah. Um, I actually doubled my prices and started making a lot more because people needed the help. So I was sat at my parents' kitchen table, which is where I was living at the time. My dad was sat opposite me pre-retirement and we'd kind of just sit there and I'd, he'd be like, what are you working on today? I'd be like, oh, so, you know, what I'm working on today. What are you working on today? So we actually had quite a nice time. And then my mum would be kind of in the background like, oh. What's everyone doing today? <laughs> she was like the office manager. Yeah, she's the office manager. Anyone yeah. Anyone want a tea? Shout out to Jill. Yeah, exactly. Um, so no, I actually had a, I had a really, I'm very fortunate that I had quite a nice supportive setup mm. when I was starting the business. And actually, one thing I will say is I don't actually think when you start a business, you should ask everyone what they think. Because I'm very lucky because my friends are very supportive. And if I say I'm going to do something, they're like, oh, my God, cool. Like, go for it. Yeah. But I do know a lot of other people whose friends would be like, oh, do you think that's a good idea because of X, Y and Z? I think you should maybe only tell a few people what you're doing and then go from there. Mm. When I told my dad, he was like, that's a wow good idea. He was like, great, go for it. So we'd kind of sit there at the kitchen table and I'd be like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And actually like in the idea, because I already know, I mean, my dad supports me anyway, but like because he was supportive of the idea, asking him for his opinion was kind of very valued in the like sampling process and whatever. And I also obviously told my best friend Maddie, who loves wine as much as I do. So she was very supportive in that as well. But whereas if you open it up to like a kind of wider mm. network of people, I think 
you'll get some answers which you potentially don't want. And actually not everyone has an entrepreneurial mind. Yeah. And if you are the one that's running the business and it's your idea and you think this is the way to go, then go with that, not other people's doubts. Because so often their response is coming from their own fears and feelings rather than actually anything to do with exactly. what you shared. They're just thinking, oh gosh, I wouldn't do that. Yeah. So don't do it. That's yeah. really scary. Yeah. No, that's good advice. And I guess a nice, like you are saying, a good position to start that new business from is to have that good support network around you yeah how have you managed to run two businesses side by side like I am asking this question for me fully not even the listeners sorry listeners I hope you find this answer valuable too but you know I found it and I'm being very honest about it like really difficult to manage two businesses you know we're in the same boat you've got one service you've got one product they operate in very different ways it's double the social medias. You know, I've not been able to handle it to the point where I've kind of let on paper sit until September and then I'm picking it back up. But even then I'm like, well, gosh, how am I going to yeah. manage to at the same time? How have you found that having two businesses at once? Okay, I've got two answers here. Okay. Because one is an early answer and one is a now answer. Great, let's have them both. So the best piece of advice, well, one of the best piece of advice is, pieces of advice that I've been given is to accept help when you need it. And what I mean by that is, okay, thinking I need some help. I'm going to have to pay for it. Maybe I can't necessarily afford all the things that I want help with. But this is the one thing that I really do need help with right now because I am putting too much time into it. So the very first thing mm. in Sassy that I did that with was getting a bookkeeper and accountant. Yeah. I mean, you need an accountant anyway, but getting a bookkeeper because I was just stressing and stressing mm. and spending like evenings filing through receipts, looking at my accounting software. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to get in trouble. So that was one of the very first things that I did. I also had placement students. This was when I lived in Bournemouth. I had um, every year I took on a placement student from the university. So they would kind of help with the, they would help with various different client related things. Mm. Um, and then when I moved up to London, uh, took on, I had two team members last year working on Sassy and one full-time on Partner in Wine. So I did wow. last year have, there was four of us in the team, yeah. which is a lot. Um, now it's just Becky and I on Sassy and Annie, who is um, my full-time marketing exec on Partner in Wine. And mm. they kind of both helped me like really, really very heavily with client-based stuff on Sassy and Annie in terms of like the marketing and actually like the doing, mm. working with corporate clients, etc. There's, you know, there's a lot of different things that go into it. Then aside from that, I had a lot pre full-time employees. I had a lot of assistants. So I've got a VA, Meg, Anyone who's thinking about getting a VA, 100% do it. Was just like the best thing I've ever done because she just helps with like, she doesn't help with my diary and stuff like that, but she helps with a lot of admin stuff, which is again, where I am not great. Mm. So she kind of helps with a lot of that. And then in terms of partner in wine, I actually packed boxes from July until December, 2020. Yeah. And then it got to the end of December and I was like, no, I can't do it anymore. I'm up from six till nine, packing boxes, going to the post office, nine till six, seven o'clock working with clients on my own all day. Mm. And then in the evenings, again, from seven, sometimes until one in the morning, that was at Christmas time was a very stressful time for me packing boxes I can imagine. ready to take to the post office the next day. <laughs> and then it starts again. Yeah. So that was that was a very, I look back on it and like, I'm got, I've got PTSD. I've got like cardboard boxes floating around <laughs> my head here, like a halo. Paper cuts everywhere. Literally paper cuts everywhere. I needed to do it. 
because I am one of those people that thinks you are, I really believe that everyone should do everything they possibly can in their business to experience what it's like yes. purely for the gratitude that you give to someone else when they take it over for you. And also to get to know the task itself. Like it scares the me the thought of me not knowing something that needs to happen. It's fine if I'm not the one doing it, but I know if my podcast yeah. producer were to touch a lot of wood here, not be able to edit a podcast one week, I know how to edit a podcast. Yeah. There's nothing that I'm not aware of how to do it. People can do it better than me, quicker yeah. than me. But no, that's true as well. I hadn't thought of it in that way of like, it makes you more grateful. It, yeah, it really does. And equally, like, so for example, if my fulfillment center, you know, has human error and sends out the wrong color bottle, I've done that before. So mm. I'm like, oh, you know, don't worry about it. But it is what is what it is, you know? Yeah. Or I don't know, something else happens. I'm like, I understand. I understand. And, you know, my, my, um, my manager at my fulfillment center is like, she's like, it's okay. You can shout at me if you want. I'm like, I don't want to. Oh, bless her. I don't. It just really actually doesn't, I mean, I'm not an angry person anyway, but it really doesn't bother me. I've been there. No. It's human error. And I always think with that kind of topic as well of like, you know, sweating the small stuff and getting angry about things, the only person that really affects is you. Like, it's just, I, I honestly think business is 10 times easier when you just get over a lot of stuff. Yeah. And you just go, all right, cool, is what it is. I also think, Let's move on. I also think, and this kind of, I mean, this is a side topic, but I also think I'm very conscious of how when I'm no longer here, I always think, well, how would I want people to describe me? Or how would I want people to talk about me when I'm not in the room? Mm. And actually, I think if you and as I said, again, I've never been an angry person. I've never been an argumentative person. I don't like conflict. But equally, I think the way that you deal with stuff in business, especially as a woman, pre our generation, perhaps women had to be a bit more bullshy to get what they wanted. But actually, nowadays, I find that if the kinder you are or the more understanding you are yeah. or the way that you deal with people in business the better people will kind of remember you and actually refer you to other people and go do you know what she was really great to work with like very like very kind gave more than she should have done mm. but actually did a good job as well you know yes I think kindness is one of the most underrated strategies to growing a business and obviously it's not a strategy because you don't want to be doing it for the wrong reasons but like just be a good person yeah and it will get you so far I'm interested then kind of practically obviously that's how you're kind of running both businesses at once what about the more kind of mental side of it because I feel like that's just as exhausting as the extra workload like you basically have two different sides to your brain yeah. like do you have set days where you work on each business is it kind of about strict boundaries for you like how do you manage so this is kind of more my like now answer to the last question I balance it as and when and I think that's because I'm delegating a lot of things mm. so if something comes in I'm like right I today need to work on this with Annie on partner in wine Becky can you work on this with that client or you know any freelancers we're working with or whatever you know they can handle that I just need to manage it or perhaps Becky you can take over managing that today yeah while I work on this in terms of like mentally I often get quite guilty and feel quite bad when I'm working on one business yes while if I'm working on Sassy and we've got a massive client launch, which quite often happens, I will tend to ignore partner in wine, even though Annie might need my help. So in terms of, and, and vice versa as well. But in terms of managing that, I think I've done it before and gone afterwards gone, wow, I didn't really didn't handle that well. Or I need to give this person more of my time. Mm. You know, the greatest gift you can actually give your employees is your time. Mm. Um, another great piece of advice someone else gave me. Nice. Um, just spitting wisdom today. I know. Say. And I always remember that because I do, I do think part of being kind is actually teaching people the way to do things or 
giving them your time well obviously giving them your time but like giving mm. them your advice or what do you want to do about this or do you think this is a good idea especially when people are working for you yes to make your life easier yeah you could by making their life easier it does make your life easier as well yeah. so I'm trying to be more conscious of that it's a constant work in progress it really is managing people it really is but you know what? that's refreshing to hear and I know a lot of listeners will find it refreshing too like just acknowledging you it is difficult and you do kind of feel that guilt either way and I feel like that isn't just in the context of running two businesses you know for working parents I hear people talk about it a lot of like you know when you're with your kids you feel bad you're not working on your business and vice versa or even like for your personal life like when yeah. I'm relaxing I'm like oh, I should be doing that work thing or when I'm working I'm like oh, I should be having a more relaxing life I guess it's almost accepting like I'm definitely I'm in a season right now of just accepting the chaos slightly and just being like, do you know what? A full life and a fulfilling life somewhat comes with a little bit of chaos. Yeah, and, and also right. you'll go through like ebbs and flows of it happening. I mean, I I very much used to work. I used to literally work all the time. Mm. I used to work all the time. I used to work on holiday. I used to manage people's social media and sit there on holiday. Yeah. Managing. Oh my God, shout out to the social media managers. I used to do the, the same job. <sighs> it is. I mean, it's a lot. Thankless. <laughs> I mean, now I obviously do it for my own company and I don't find that stressful, but like... Yeah, but it's different. It is it is different. And I just, yeah, I used to work all the time and actually got to the pandemic. I accept that I've earned this and I shall not work all the time. Mm. And I have very, I now have very clear boundaries. I've done the hustle for both businesses. I've done it. I've yeah. been there. I'm due my time off. I, I love really that. am. And you see, it's seasons, isn't it? And it's seeing it, that, like you said, that like that first push it's all it's kind of fun though isn't it like you know I know you look back on those last those oh, long yeah. days and it's a bit of like oh, gosh that was intense but you know it has a purpose and it's yeah. like okay if we if we get this off the ground the analogy I always love to use is and I still don't know if it's a true fact I cannot google it for the life of me but it's a good analogy so I'm just gonna keep running with it is that airplanes use 80% of their fuel just to take off oh. and then they use 20% for the rest of the journey and I feel like that's a great analogy for business of like that first push takes so much from you and building yeah. that momentum is exhausting. But once you're there, you then get that season of, of coasting. 80 20 rules, just so right. applicable to everything. Right. I mean, it doesn't sound correct. Like I'm a bit concerned if I'm on an airplane, if there's only 20% of the fuel left and we're like two minutes into the journey. But I don't know. Any pilots listening want to back that up for me? Let yeah. me know. Yeah, shout out. Right. TikTok. TikTok. I couldn't have you on the podcast and not talk about yeah. TikTok. So obviously you've talked a bit about the early days of Partner and Wine. TikTok has played a massive role in growing that business to what it is now. When did that all begin? I mean, do you know what? I've never actually experienced anything quite like it. Do you remember when people go like, ah, oh, do you remember the early adopters of Instagram? You know, we mm. have like the influencers who've been around forever because they, they adopted it early. They kind of like made, they created influences yes. the whole lot of them and there's a really weird I, I don't know the exact statistic but there's some there is a obscene amount of people on Instagram who have over a million followers it's one of those things that Instagram like absolutely love it and I will always post on it and I have like such a lovely I feel like there's a really nice community of people on there like it's we kind of talk on there that I think there's like there's a massive mm. like network of women in business who are on yes. there and you feels like a network That's yeah a good way of putting it keep up follow along and in terms of networking I like networking on Instagram you know I like seeing I like meeting people in person there's nothing quite like an Instagram friend that you've never met as they say I love it when you meet someone at an event or you bump into them and you're like oh how's your dog 
How was yeah. your mum's recent holiday? And you're like, we've never met before, but I know so much about I your know. life. I haven't met IRL. So yeah, absolutely love Instagram. And that's where I started Partner in Wine. Um, I basically started when I began the business, I started documenting the process on my personal Instagram. Hadn't told anyone the name, had reserved their handle, whatever, hadn't told anyone about it, mm. was not sending people over there. I solely had been talking about it on my personal Instagram. During lockdown, uh, well, it wasn't actually, it was just as lockdown ended, but like still we had a lot of restrictions. People were still kind of like, you know, online shopping and browsing or whatever. And I actually got followers from talking about my business journey because people were like, oh, you know, have you seen this girl? She's doing something, she's starting a business, but she's not telling anyone what it is. So I'd started doing that and it kind of had like built up from them. Even my friends were like, what the hell are you doing? And I hadn't, I hadn't told like half of my friends. There were only like a handful of people that knew exactly what I was doing. I love that. And I was kind of like, oh God, you know what? There's really something to be said about the kind of like mystery element of starting a business. And I, I get it if you, if you're starting from scratch and you're kind of just posting on your, I don't know, personal Instagram where you've got 300 followers or whatever and they're all your friends. Mm. but equally you've got to start somewhere and actually the main people that are going to be buying from you when you first start a business are your friends and family that's kind of how I started it then I two weeks before I launched I basically put up a post saying I'm launching in two weeks my business is called partner in wine and then put the handle up and I think I got by the time I launched I had 300 followers and I was like chuffed with that I was like yeah great because I know all 300 of these people are really invested in the journey and I was like okay think about it you know I'd love to have 10,000 followers of engaged people whatever you know but actually to me it was more about the sales that I was going to make when I launched the business mm. followers don't mean anything when I launched I had a really successful launch and I was like this is a prime example of people were thinking I need 10,000 10, followers to have a successful business. Yeah. I know that's not the case anyway, because I don't have 10,000 followers personally or on Sassy. But with this, it just felt like a really like solidified version of that. Yeah. Um, because it was so condensed. So was working on my Instagram, you know, posting all the stuff, was always doing like behind the scenes on stories, box it, unboxings and packing orders and literally showing, really showing people how much work I was putting into it. Then I moved to a fulfillment center. And I always tell the story like, thank goodness I did, because honestly, if if I hadn't and I had started TikTok, I would have been in a world of trouble. Yeah. So um, I did a giveaway in January with Mirabeau, which is like my old, all time like favorite wine brand. And overnight I got like 3000 followers. And I was like, yeah, OK, great. Like more people are finding out some relevant audience because they like wine, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Had you know, some orders off the back of that and then had several kind of like press articles. And I was like, okay, this is going really well. Like, I think this is, you know, this is good. And I just had like my first five figure month and I was like, right, really keen to sustain this. Mm. Over Christmas, I'd been looking at TikTok and I'd been thinking, right, this is really interesting because it's in its very early stages. I know a lot of businesses that have gone viral. I'm watching, I'm, I'm observing here. Mm. I really want to understand how it works because I don't want to start doing something and feel and kind of then not know what I'm doing and not post for a while or I, I don't know. I just, yeah. I felt like I really needed some time to have a think about it and really like reflect on mm. what it was that was gonna be different about that to, to Instagram yeah, or how they would complement each other. And I thought, you know what? Great way of starting this. I'm gonna tell my story because people love stories. People have loved my story to date. Mm -hmm. I've got a great story. Like this is, this is, you know, this is good. So I spent about four hours making this video. So just by the way, anyone starting TikTok going, I can't use this app, I'm too old. I don't know how to use it, I've never used it before. Yeah. Or you spend hours making a video and you're like, does it really take this long? It, it gets easier. 
it gets easier. I wanted to throw my phone out the window. I was like, no, no. Do you know what? Screw this. I was I like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm just posting it now. It's, it's done. And I posted maybe like, I don't know how many videos, maybe like 10 videos before this. Mm. Just kind of like experimenting, seeing seeing how it all works, seeing what worked, what didn't work. And I was like, well, I'm really going to put all my all into this video. And after four hours, I was like, nah, no, absolutely not. I'm done. This is too much. My all has been reached. Yeah, my all has been reached. This is it. You know, let's see. Let's see what happens. So I posted it about 11 o'clock mm. on a Tuesday and then forgot about it completely. And I mean, actually, genuinely, I, I forgot I was on TikTok because I was off in my Instagram world by that point. And I had my friend over in the evening I'd had a few more sales, you know, I'd had a few more sales than usual that day, but like nothing to sort of, you know, just sometimes that happens. Then I woke up the next morning at 7.30 and I looked at my phone and the notifications on Shopify were like this, you know, yeah. scrolling. And I was like, oh, that's weird. I must have signed into one of my, you know, influencer clients Shopify's account. And I was looking at the amounts and I was like, no, that is the amount of a bottle plus shipping. That is the amount of one bottle plus two tumblers and shipping. And I was like, this is weird. And then I logged into my store and at 7.30 in the morning, I'd already made like 2,000 pounds or whatever it was. And I was like, okay, something weird is happening here. Went into Instagram, had reached 10,000 followers, had loads more followers, but nothing had been posted. And I was like, this is really bizarre. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to look in my, yeah, I'm going to look in my, uh, I'm going to look at my analytics and because TikTok and Shopify at the time didn't have a connection, it wasn't showing where the traffic was coming from. Right. I could just see that there was 200 people on my website and like X amount checking out. And I was just like, I called my mum and I was like, mum, I, I don't know what's happening here. And she was like, well, have you done anything differently? And I was like, I was like, oh my goodness, that thing where people post on TikTok and they go viral and they make sales. I was like, maybe that's happening to me. And I logged into TikTok and as I scrolled on that video, it was going up by tens of thousands of views at a time. So when I logged wow. in, it had 190,000 views. And by the end of the day, it had 800,000 views. And I know a lot of people who have gone viral and haven't actually made sales from it. And I know equally equally people who have gone viral and made sales from it. Um, this was just like wild. I mean, people WhatsApping me going, my friends are talking about this partner and wine thing and WhatsApp group. And I'm like, that's my friend. Like it was just like, it was kicking off like on all levels. The lady from my film center was like, oh my gosh, like we can't process these all today. You know, I had before where I had 200 orders in a month. I had over 400 orders in one single day, which was just like absolutely bonkers. So it really was wild, but also this is still happening. Mm. It's so easy to be discovered on TikTok versus Instagram because the way that, and I, I bloody hate the algorithm, but I, I, I hate presuming talking and talking it. about it because yeah. I, I just think put that to one side and like, you know, stay in your lane and work on what you're actually saying. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about the solution, not the problem. Yeah. Exactly. Let's not complain about it. Mm -mm. Don't get us anywhere. Oh God. Anyway, don't get me started on yeah, that. Yeah, I know. We'll, we've <laughs> TikTok. So, yeah, TikTok. Very, very good way of being discovered because who you're following doesn't necessarily come up on your for you page. Yes, people you are following do come up on your for you page, mm. but I mostly sit there and scroll through people that I'm not following because I, I want to see like new things. I want to be entertained. I want mm. to be inspired. You know. So yeah, it just. It's, it's a really, really great place. If you are new to business um, or you have a new business or you're new to the platform even, it's a great way of being discovered. And that is kind of like the be all and end all of it versus Instagram where people are begging to have chronological feed and they want to just see the people they follow. They don't want to see other things, yeah. you know? We're not open to it over here, mm. but over here we are open to it. So true. 
And I'm actually finding myself not enjoying t- the TikToks that are from people I know. I, I That's just as you're saying it, I can recognize that. Like I go to TikTok wanting to see something new, something different. I go to Instagram wanting to feel kind of at home. Yeah. And actually at the <clears throat> event that I was at last week, there were some guys from TikTok there and I was talking, to, I saw their name badges and I was like, I am going to come and talk to you. Thank you very much. And they said exactly what you said there. They were like, see it, that TikTok is where people discover you. And then Instagram can be where they stay connected and where you build a relationship. Because I think that's one of the question marks people can have with any new platform is, well, how does it fit in? And that's great to see it, you know, basically what everyone's moaning about on the other platforms, which is a lack of exposure, TikTok can bring that. Yeah, so TikTok has actually taught me a lot about Instagram and I'm very now I'm now very fussy about what I post on Instagram. I don't like posting random posts that are like I don't know a picture of a white bottle that says a very unmeaningful caption about hot girl summer, cool wine summer, or whatever it is. Like I tried it back in the day. Cool girls you know. love cool wine. Yeah, so, yeah, you know something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get me that. On the yeah, gorgeous, gorgeous girls drink wine from a Padron wine bottle. I like to write. I like to put things up and then talk about something that's happening Mm. or spark some kind of like emotion from people. And I know there's a massive community on, on the partner in wine Instagram who are really like, they love it. They're really rooting for me. They want to see what I'm doing with the business or like what I've been up to with my partner in wine, you know, and I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I am the face of my own brand, but, but that's to a benefit, you know, I will post on there when I, so last week we launched in Liberty London and I always know that these posts are going to do really, really well. And people are literally going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, this is the best thing ever. Because they've seen the journey. Yeah, so they're your people. Exactly. And people will watch the journey on TikTok. And yes, okay, I will duplicate some videos from TikTok to Instagram just to kind of like save a bit of time. But I also will make content for TikTok, specifically for TikTok. I will make TikToks for TikTok and Instagram. And I will also make reels just for Instagram that are not appropriate for TikTok. It's really taught me a lot about content creation and actually made me better at my own job at Sassy. Yeah. Because I now understand that different places require different content. And also, you know, things might be trending on TikTok that are not trending on Instagram or things are too silly for for Instagram that are on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I I like to use this one example and I'll um, round this answer off here, but there's a TikTok where this girl like walks into a room and she's like, when you walk, when you go back onto Instagram versus being on TikTok and she opens the door and she goes, you guys are really boring. And then closes <laughs> the door and walks out. Well, the running joke for me is that reels are just like two weeks behind on TikTok. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, 100%. my friends that don't use TikTok will send me a reel they think it's really funny. And I'm like, that trend was like three weeks ago. Like, yeah, that's not so funny sorry. anymore. That was so April 2022. <laughs> Um, but I think that's great you say that because it just proves again the best way to learn is by doing and like you said you've learned how to use the platform best just by giving it a go and you didn't smash it from day one you have to do it to get good at it and also persevere I know those people who haven't had that viral break yet but you will get there you just need to get into the flow of it. Are you ready for some TikTok quick fire Q&A? Yes. To round us off? Yes. It's probably not going to be quick fire so we'll just have a bit of a chat. First question, is it too late? Because I feel like there can be that feeling, just as you were saying earlier, where it's like, TikTok was in its infancy, like, oh, you should have jumped on it earlier. And, you know, people can feel regret or shame or like, oh, well, it's not worth it now because now it's getting saturated. Is it too late to jump on the platform and see success? As I said earlier, best place to be discovered. It's not oversaturated. Also, that 
the way that it shows you content means that it shows you content that you're interested in. I mean, no two people's FYP will be the same. My little brother's is like weird jokes that he gets involved with. Mine's like small businesses and I don't know, whatever else pops up on there. No, I don't think it's too late. I also, last year when I went viral, loads of people joined that were following me on Instagram because I was like, oh my gosh. And you know, everyone watched this whole thing unfold and was like, this is amazing, I'm gonna join. And I actually find it quite funny because this was in March last year. Now I look on Instagram and I you know, follow a lot of people and they're like, guys, now is the time to join TikTok. And I'm like, no, no, actually last year was the time to join TikTok. <laughs> but yes, now still is the time to join TikTok. I mean, you know, people's followings are growing and growing. I think you just need to ask yourself whether you can dedicate the time to doing it because it does take a lot of time. It takes a lot of time to get used to it. Mm. But actually I would probably say doing that is more worth it than doing Instagram. Interesting. Because you're gonna make, you're gonna get more website traffic from TikTok and in the long run make more sales from TikTok but it's also going to inform what you're posting on Instagram yeah where well, the platform is becoming more similar in mm. a way well that leads nicely into my next question because I think that can be another hesitation for people is time you know as business owners we're already all feeling I think stretched how do you make the time for that as a new platform and I guess how can you save time but still be consistent with it so TikTok's not as not as polished as Instagram. I, I I honestly wouldn't fuss about the quality of the content, right? As long as it's it hits where it needs to hit. You know, there is some piece of content I'll take longer over. For example, I will post, I will try to post, haven't done it recently, but a story a week, as in like a, the story of my business yeah. from a different angle, right? So those take slightly longer. It's the trending stuff that you can literally pick up your phone and film a video in like a minute. I mean, mm. I will, we've got a trend report, a sassy that we send out for free every single Monday, right? And it's got a list of everything that's trending that has trended over the weekend or started to trend and so that people can try it. And I will often use those links as a tool for myself mm. to then go and create content off the back of it. So when I'm creating content for TikTok, I will have a list of about 20 sounds that I'm gonna make and I will I will make them as I go, as the week goes on. And then there will be some separate stuff that is more strategic that's like, you know, um, National Rosé Day is coming up. So there's a few different things that we wanna film for that because I know that they're appropriate for TikTok and people will enjoy them. The kind of more trending stuff, you can very quickly fire them out and I can film maybe like 20 videos in an hour. So really it's just a case of putting aside half a day a week or, you know, even one hour one afternoon at four o'clock yeah. now that the, the sun's out for that long. Mm. Um, just putting that time aside and going, this is a list of what I'm gonna film. I'm gonna film it now yeah. in the app because it's part of the trending sound. That's it, it's done. It's mm. there for when I need to post it and you've got you know content to fire out. Mm. And just as you were saying earlier, if people are listening to that and thinking, where am I gonna find that time from? Like take it from the platforms that maybe aren't performing as well for you as they used to. Mm. Like it doesn't have to be about finding more time for marketing, actually decrease your time in, in areas where it's maybe also, not being as Also stop mindlessly so scrolling on Instagram. <laughs> Mine's TikTok, honestly. I'm really closely considering getting a work phone. Um, and oh, I'm just so bad. I just scroll for hours. You're observing. You're allowed to. Yeah, it's research. It's research. It's really specific research. Yes. Uh, thank you. That's my excuse all the time. Uh, I promise at one point I am going to get out of the research phase and actually yes. start doing yes, it. Yes, please do. Do you know what my accountability will be? When this episode goes live, I'll have already started on TikTok. Okay, great. If you happen. don't, you know what's going to happen. I know. And do you know what, Mike? The big thing I keep, and you know, it's so funny. Like, I see it with clients all the time. You pretend there's a big thing you need to figure out in order to start. And the thing I keep thinking is, like, 
what, what should my first one be? Like, I've got so many ideas for videos, but like, the f and I'm like, Alice, you know doesn't when matter. you really, th literally doesn't matter. Like, it, th I cannot reiterate to myself how little it matters, but I'm using that as my excuse. Yeah. I'm like, well, I don't know what my first one would be. But anyway, gonna practice what I preach. Third and final question. Yeah. Biggest mistake you see people making on TikTok slash the one tip you would like to leave people with if they are gonna go and, and master their TikTok strategy off the back of this episode, what should they be doing? The, the biggest mistake I see people making is being too niche. Interesting. So being very, very niche. Like, okay, let's make a niche joke about me downing a bottle of wine. It's not that niche. Everyone loves a, a drink, right? Mm. Something that is niche is, I see a lot with candle companies. There is some very kind of niche specific, like customer based jokes that I see. And I'm like, if you want, or like small business jokes, right? Yes. Okay, I get it. There's a small business community. Small businesses are going to buy your products. And listen, when people say like, don't use the hashtag small business because any small businesses are going to see your post. I hashtag small business on that viral video. So I'm just like digital marketing experts on TikTok going, don't use the hashtag. Mm. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Also, it's like 2% about the hashtag, 98% yeah. about everything else. Yeah. Like, it's such an irrelevant You've, you've never experienced it. So like, shh. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, don't be too niche in what you're saying. Um, try to have a good balance of showing off your products and making entertaining videos that actually could entertain the masses. Look at a video and go, would my friends laugh at this? If no. Mm. Well, it needs to be relatable, doesn't it? Like that's what keeps yeah. me hooked on TikTok, seeing stuff and just having that little smirk of like, hmm, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm Do like Do you know that. what always goes viral for me? Is getting my iced coffee cup and making a joke about how Pret never has ice. <laughs> and people literally comment below it. like, oh my God, where's this coffee cup from? Mm. Great, yeah, shop with me. But also like, that's funny. Yeah. Because Pret does never have ice. And I do feel like TikTok is, it, it doesn't like when you have a niche. Like I, there's people I consistently see on my For You page and they're always talking about slightly different things. And it's like, people care more about the, I guess, consistent person than the voice. Yeah. And actually there's so many angles you can take on it. Yeah. So what would be your one tip if you could leave people with, aside from not being so niche? Um, I'm gonna give this tip and I'm also gonna aim it at you. Okay, uh, I'm ready to receive. Just just get started. <laughs> there's no time like the get present. Get over yourself. Yeah, there's no time like the present. Also, um, relating to what we said earlier, don't be precious about being confident. Just get over it, get involved, watch mm -hmm. other people's things, you know, see what, see what other people are doing and how they're coming across. And just try, just get your face out there. Yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Like, that's why I think it's so silly that I've not been doing it. Cause I'm like- I mean, I know what the worst that can happen is. You can get trolled. Well, yeah, but I'm like, I'm already trolled. Yeah. So I'm like, we can't get much yeah. worse than this. I mean, we didn't we didn't touch on the trolling, but that no, was pretty savage. We can have a whole nother episode yeah. about trolls. That, yeah. that was probably part of it in my head. I'm like, oh. I'm very much like recluse now because of it, but not, yeah, me too. you know, it in changes certain you. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked at the very start of this episode about regret. Yeah. And using regret to fuel your confident action. Yeah. I've just remembered something. In 2019, I got an email from TikTok and I found it the other day. It was from the UK head of TikTok. And I, I remember it said, hi, blah, blah, blah. We like your content on Instagram. We really think you'd be great on our new platform, TikTok. We'll set you up with an account. We'll help you get followers. We'll help you monetize. And I remember reading it and just laughing and being like, oh, 
that platform. Stupid. Not going to spend my energy and time there. Do you know what, though? They are so good at doing that. They get influencers over from Instagram to their... Like, yeah. The team is very, very responsive at TikTok. Oh, yeah, they were amazing. I just read it and was like... I, I had this thing in the back of my head when I was at the event last week and I was speaking to the TikTok people. I was like, I feel like I've spoken to one of you before. And then I searched their name in my inbox and I was like... I'm so, I was, so, also, honestly, I love the TikTok. They're just so, they're just so nice. The I team. know. It was like you don't have that with Instagram. I'm like, oh. I was just I've like, got, damn I'm, 2019 me. I've got a TikTok secret that I can tell, I can't tell you on, on here, but I can tell you <laughs> oh. one thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. I know. I'm really sad that I can't talk about it, but yeah. Oh my gosh. It's not something right. that's happening. It's something that's hap- happened to me oh, when I went to their HQ, but. Juicy got start a podcast, people. Invite Lucy on. She might tell you the secret after the episode <laughs> recording. Lucy, this has been amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I always me. like conversations with you. I never know where they're going to end up. <laughs> they're always full of, <laughs> full of all the fun. And yeah, so much wisdom and expertise. As I said, I honestly feel like this episode has just been me sat asking you the things that I really want to know. So You're very welcome. I might just never put it live and I'll just listen to it on repeat <laughs> myself. I'm get like that re- relaxation music that like gets you to sleep at night it's me talking about tiktok and you're like tomorrow i shall start yes i will not let fear get in the way i will be consistent i will batch record my videos i'm gonna be your second best case study okay great I'll you be- can do it thank you if you don't start it by the time this goes live i'll send you I'll two just- i'll send you two eye-, eye emojis in your inbox yeah i'll just look like an idiot so that's good motivation for me public embarrassment um i'll of course put all of your links in the show notes for people to stay connected to the books that you mentioned to anything else that we've mentioned within this episode i was going to bring high low back for this episode which if you're not a long-term listener is where we do it's pretty logical watch your high watch your low we normally do at the very start of the episode but we just started talking i've got a really good low that you're gonna laugh at okay let's end with lucy's low um so my low is that I turn up to this podcast episode <laughs> a week early and I did actually make it here today. <laughs> That's actually Again. high. Yeah. Your low yeah. Is that you didn't My low up. is that I turned up a week ago while Alice was in Israel and she was like, um, it's next week. And I was like, oh, well, I've had a lovely morning walk then. <laughs> it's been a nice <laughs> time in Shoreditch. Thank you very yeah. much. My high is that I turned up this week. I'm proud of you. I cannot tell you. There's always that panic when someone else get something wrong that you don't yet know that it's them that got it wrong oh, like yeah. i saw oh it's you, always me oh, but i I'm, i always <laughs> assume it's me until i know i never want to be that person that's like assumes it's someone else because then you look a fool when it gets turned around on you like i will gather my evidence and i saw your instagram tag being like off to see alice and there i am in like an israeli hotel room like I don't think you are off to see me unless you're getting on LL Airways. <laughs> and I just like quickly went through our WhatsApps and I was like, okay, no, you, it wasn't me. Uh, so it's always me. I'm glad that you made it this week. <laughs> right, that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, come and let us know what you thought of the episode. I normally say on LinkedIn or Instagram, maybe on TikTok. Yeah. Maybe I'll put a clip of this episode on TikTok. I think you should. That would be Inception, wouldn't it? It would. Maybe that can be your first post. What, your face? <laughs> No, you going, I'm going to start TikTok after this episode and hold myself accountable. Very true. Okay, I'm there. I feel like I owe you a, you know, a yeah. fee after this episode. Yeah. It's been a, a real yeah. consulting session. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> <laughs>